Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We've been looking at what makes up a human being. You know, if you went to a doctor in the 1600s and you said to him, I'm not feeling well, he would look at you, he would speak to you, and he would try to decide out of the four fluids in your body, which one was out of balance. He would say, is there too much phlegm? Is there too much yellow bile? Is there too much black bile? Is there too much blood? And based on that and the way you spoke to him, because they would link your mood and your personality to those four fluids, and then they would test, maybe have a look at your urine or something like that, and they would say, yes, he's got too much of this. Let's feed him some carrots or something. Because they didn't understand the inner workings of the human body, they had made up theories on what makes a person sick. And in our modern world, with all of our human wisdom, we have now understood the human body. We know that there are skeletons and circulation systems and nervous systems and all these different organs and and parts of the body. We understand the body very well. We can normally diagnose and cure a sickness, but the inner workings, the soul, the personality is something that we are still as human beings struggling to understand. And so we sometimes come up with theories. You have the signs of the zodiac saying, depending on what month you were born, that's the type of person you are. Or there's all these different tests you can do online which say, are you this type of person or this type? But I want to tell you that God has written a book called the Bible and he was the one who made us. And so he knows what's inside a human being. And so when we go to God, the doctor, and we say, Lord, there's something wrong. I'm not at peace. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. He says, look at what I say is inside you, not what you think is inside you or not what the world around you may say, but look at what my word says. So there are three main categories that the Bible gives for a human being. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible says there are three main parts, body, soul, and spirit. Now, a body, we've said, is that part of us that relates to the outside world. We use our five senses and we can sense what's going on in the outside world around us. Our spirit, that part of us that's eternal, that lives forever. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says, God has put eternity deep in the heart of man. And that's called your spirit. That's God's part of you. That is conscious of God. But then your soul in the middle is your personality. That's your emotions, your thoughts, your decisions, um, all the different parts of your personality. That is called your soul. And that is an interesting thing. Now, this verse says, first of all, that God wants to sanctify you completely or save you completely. When we become Christians, our spirits get made alive again and we are connected again with God. The Bible says your spirit is sealed and protected and uh, it's just full of God. But your soul is in the process of getting saved or sanctified, as this verse says, and your body will be made new when we get to heaven. And so we see that there's this whole process of being saved. Your spirit is made perfect and brand new when you become a believer and you ask Jesus 
to come into your heart, but your soul is saved over a process. And what I want to do today is look a little bit more at our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and see how those parts interplay with one another. But then I also want to show you that your spirit, your soul, and your body, while they are three parts, they bleed into one another. And so we see that before a person becomes a Christian, their soul is very much linked to their body, their five senses, their fleshly uh, body that wants certain things. The Bible calls it fleshly lusts. And so before a person is a Christian, their soul, their personality, their thoughts, their emotions, their decisions are very much linked and intertwined with their body. And the two almost become the same thing. And the Bible calls that our flesh, the old man before I was a believer. But after you become a Christian, you now can link your mind, your will and your emotions to your spirit, where God is, where the beauty and the power and the life of God is. And it changes your emotions, your thoughts, your decisions, and then it changes your actions. I hope you tracking with me in this. You might say, I don't really want to know all the all the little details about what I'm like. I, I just want I just want to be told what to do. But you know, it's very helpful not to be told what to do, but to be told why we behave in certain ways and why certain things are happening. And if we understand the makeup, the inner makeup of a human being, we can understand ourselves better. So you may ask me, Greg, why do you say that the soul has a mind, a will and emotions? Why do you split that inner part, the soul, the middle part between spirit and body? Why do you split personality into mind, will and emotions? And I'm going to show you that the, they're mentioned many, many times in the Bible. But let me just read you a few verses. Proverbs 2 verse 10, this is talking about the mind. It says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, and then it says there are certain benefits, but it talks about your heart and your soul in that verse. It says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. So we see from this verse, two things. Number one, your heart and your soul in many, many verses in the Bible are linked. They're almost the same thing. And I would like to show you, if I have time today, that your heart is your whole of your soul plus your spirit. So it's, it's the two inward parts of you are called the heart in the Bible. Many times, uh, for instance, it says in Galatians that God has poured his spirit into our hearts. So we see that heart is soul and spirit together. But often they can be considered the same thing because whatever's in the soul is also in the heart. And he says here, so the first thing is heart and soul are, are very close to each other. The second thing is he says, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. So your soul has an element of it which understands knowledge, thinking. So we're trying to understand, yes, there are three parts of a human, body, soul, spirit. But now within the soul part, we're saying there are three parts. And we're saying that these can bleed into towards the flesh or towards the spirit, and they can be affected by either. But we're just talking about the three parts of your soul right now and mind or thinking or knowledge is one of them. There are many, many verses. I'll just read you one more. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's Proverbs 23, 7. And there are, there are others. Proverbs 19, 2. 
Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge. So we see that there is a mind element of your soul. What is that? That's talking about understanding things. That's talking about uh, facts and ideas and arguments and, and ways of thinking. And if we ignore that part of our soul, so if we just think that my soul or my heart is just emotion or just decisions, then we haven't understood it properly. It's a bit like going to a doctor and he says you've got too much phlegm or yellow bile. He hasn't understood correctly. So we understand my mind is an important part of my soul. What about our emotions? Psalm 35 verse 9, My soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in His salvation. And there are many, many verses speaking about our soul and our heart having emotions. Listen to this one. Lamentations 1 verse 20. See, O Lord, that I am in distress. My soul is troubled. My heart is overturned within me. So we see that emotions, the Bible talks about love, hate, passion, sadness, grief, anger, happiness. All of these are in the heart or in the soul. So we've got a mind thinking. Imagine a professor studying books. That's one part of your soul. You have a thinking part of your soul. Then you have emotions, feelings, passions, uh, desires, all these different uh, emotional things. That's a, a valid part of your soul. They're not bad. God put them there. But we need to understand how they need to be handled. And then lastly, your will. He says, now set your heart. 1 Chronicles twenty-two nineteen. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. And there are many verses that talk about your will or making a purpose or a decision. He says, set your heart to seek God. Now, that's not an emotional thing. When you set yourself to do something, that's not a mental thing, although it is affected by your thoughts. It's not an emotional thing, although your thoughts get involved. Your will is where you decide. So we see your soul or your heart has mind, will and emotions. But now I want to show you before a person becomes a born again Christian, what their soul and their heart looks like. There's three parts, mind, will, and emotions. So I'm going to read you a few, a few verses here. Colossians 2 verse 18 says, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and the worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. His fleshly mind. So we can see that before a person becomes a Christian, their thoughts, they may study at university and understand a whole lot of facts, but their thoughts are fleshly because they are being informed about what is true by their flesh, by their five senses and by their desires. And so they think that is me. If I feel it, if I want it in my flesh, that is me. Their mind is fleshly. Listen to these verses. Ephesians 2, verse 2, sorry, from verse 1. It says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. So he says, before we were Christians, our minds and our flesh were linked and we were following those desires. 
Ephesians 4 also describes us before we came to know the Lord. It says in verse 17, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness and uncleanness and greediness. He says that they're past feeling. What he means is not that they don't have feelings. They have the five senses feelings, but they don't have the spiritual feelings. They can't sense God. They can't connect with God. They're past feeling. And he says that the solution is to put off your former conduct and the old man, which grows corrupt and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then you'll put on the new man. So we can see that the old us was very much linked. Our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions were very much linked. We were making decisions. We were getting truth. We were uh, having feelings that were linked to our body and our flesh and our five senses. I've spoken about this in previous weeks. Um, maybe I'll be able to repeat it again a bit later, but there, there is... So many, there are so many verses that talk about this. Let me now just talk about when you become a Christian. First of all, I just want to show you that the whole of your heart needs to be involved when you become a Christian. Mind, will, and emotions. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We need all of our heart to be involved with the heart one believes. That means your mind has to be educated. Your emotions have to be engaged. Your deciding will has to say, I'm setting my mind on this. So let's look at um, how we become Christians in these three parts of our soul. Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He says you became Christians when you heard and believed the gospel, the word of truth. There was information. What this is saying is that if my mind is not involved in becoming a Christian, then I haven't fully believed with all my heart. What about our emotions? 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6. You became followers of us and of the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. There is an emotional component. When I become a Christian, my soul uh, is affected not just in head knowledge, but in emotions. If a person's emotions are not affected, I would really question whether they've fully understood because the news of salvation is such amazing good news that it must stir some emotions. I myself have been very emotional at times in my Christian life, but especially when I became a Christian, where I was sorry for my past sin, but I was joyful for the gift of salvation. And then our will, Matthew 13, verse uh, 20. Well, let me just read the parable of the sower because it, it, it's so helpful. Jesus talked about a man sowing seed, and then he explained it. So in verse 19, he says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So 
If the understanding is not engaged, then you haven't received salvation. The seed is the word of God. So understanding. Then he says in verse 20, He who received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. So there's got to be emotions. But he has no root in himself, yet endures only for a while. When tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So this is the will. He says he has no root. When difficulty comes, he hasn't decided that he's going to push through. It's all about emotions for this man. And so we see the mind, the will, and the emotions are all involved when a person becomes a believer. And now my last point is what about ongoing Christianity? I've already said that we need to get our souls progressively more and more linked with our spirits. And I just want to show you a few verses here about how, yes, I can have believed with my mind, will and emotions and my spirit is made new. But if I don't progressively link my soul more and more with the spirit and allow my soul to become more spirit filled and spirit led, then I will struggle as a Christian. And the Bible calls that a carnal Christian or a fleshly Christian. And it says that it's death in the end. It's a dangerous road to be on. So let me just show you a few of these verses. I hope they will show you that your mind, your will and your emotions need to be sanctified. We've said your whole body, soul and spirit, God wants to save them all. But your soul is such an important part. You know, your body follows where your soul goes. Your spirit is made brand new by God. It's, it's something, a miraculous thing God does. But your soul is the thing you can decide. If your attitude of your heart, your mind, your will and your emotions is right, everything changes in your life. You can have a person who has God in their spirit. They have the same fleshly body as, as somebody else in, in desires and problems and whatever. But if their soul is set on the spirit, there's life and peace. We see victory in that person's life. But another person, their soul is set on their flesh, their, their desires and what their five senses say. And we just see them in a downward spiral. So let me, let me just show you a few of these verses. Ephesians 4 verse 23, where he talks about the old man and the new man. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What's he saying there? He's saying that, yes, your mind is in the middle of you between your spirit and your body. And yes, you can get all sorts of education. But he says, renew your mind in the spirit of your mind. In other words, let the mind part of you bleed into the spirit. Get more information from spiritual things rather than from fleshly things. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's a part of your soul that becomes overtaken by the spirit. Your mind is educated by spiritual things. You say to me, well, how do I do that? Jesus said in John 6, 63, the spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. When we get Jesus's words, the spirit of our mind is being renewed. Our mind is becoming spiritual. Romans 8 verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'm going to go more into this in future weeks, but let me go into the emotions and the will for now. 
Galatians 5 is a lovely passage and it says, I say this then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this is talking about emotions and will. You know, lust is like an emotional desire, but there's an element of compulsion and, 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 and will in it. And he says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not satisfy or fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And we've seen this in Paul's description in Romans 7 and 8, where he says, I wanted to do the, the right thing, but I just couldn't. And that's because his mind was linked to the flesh instead of being linked to the spirit. He goes on to say, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then he describes the, the works of the flesh and their, their compulsions, their fits of rage and anger and jealousies and all sorts of of things where our flesh is in getting involved with our emotions and our will and making us want to do things, but compelling us to do things that are not healthy. But then he says, but the fruit of the spirit, remember he's now saying, set your, your mind or your soul to walk with the spirit rather than walk with the fresh flesh. He says, if you walk with the spirit, if you set your mind, will and emotions on the spiritual things, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Those sound emotional to me. Your emotions are being affected by your spirit. So we've seen previously, he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now he says, if you walk with the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is emotional, love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. The, these are actions now where, where I'm deciding and it's changing my character, my personality. I become patient, long-suffering. I become kind. I become good and faithful and gentle. My emotions, my will, and my mind are all being changed because I'm allowing the Spirit to overcome my soul. My soul is the deciding factor. It's, it slips and slides and moves between flesh and spirit. And he says, they're at war with each other, but I can choose to allow my soul, my mind, and my will, and my emotions to be focused on spiritual things. And then I have long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And the last one, the last fruit of the spirit is self-control, which is will. My will is affected by my spirit. There's another place where uh, it says that Paul purposed in the spirit to do certain things. We get to a point where it is self-control, but my self-control is inspired and energized and empowered by God's Spirit. So what's the summary of what I'm saying here today? Friends, you have three main parts of your body. We go to Dr. Jesus, and instead of giving us quackery advice where he says, oh, there's all these different things, he says, no, I know the real you. You've got a body, a soul, and a spirit. Your body has your five senses and it's relating to the world, but it's also been trained to want the wrong things. Your spirit, if you believe in Jesus, is made brand new and perfect and righteous. But your soul, your mind, your will and your emotions in the middle decides which one it's going to side with. And there's a constant tug from both of them. How do we do it? We've said we look at Jesus's words. Jesus said it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. We look at Jesus's words and we educate our minds and we allow his spirit to change our thinking. We get the word in our hearts. Then we also worship him. We look at him. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 and 18 says, God is spirit. Let me just read it to you. It says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. We gaze at God's glory and our emotions and our mind and our will are caught up in worship as we look at how beautiful God is, how good he is, what he's done, what he said in his word, and our emotions get stirred up and involved. And then lastly, we choose when we've been educated by God's word and when we've worshipped him and our emotions have been stirred up by the spirit, we exercise our will and we choose and we say, God, I'm choosing your way and I'm rejecting or throwing away those old thoughts and those old patterns of behavior and those old beliefs that I used to have and we chuck out what's wrong. So your mind, your will and your emotions every day are choosing flesh or spirit. And as you do it more and more, you become more and more spiritual, the spiritual man, not a natural man who doesn't have the spirit, a spiritual man, not a, a carnal or fleshly Christian who has the spirit, but still relies on the flesh. No, we are a spiritual man and the power and the life. Paul says in Romans 8, the mind set on the spirit is life and peace, but it's all three. Friends, if you've been a Christian and you've thought it's all just head knowledge and I've just got to understand, but your will and your emotions are not engaged, there's a problem. Your whole heart has to be involved. If you've just been an emotional Christian and you don't really want to know stuff and you don't want to repent or decide of things, there's a problem. If you're just a willpower Christian, Paul says, I wanted to do the right thing, but I couldn't. We need all three, but it has to be linked to the spirit, not to the flesh. And my last point is sometimes we think we're being good by being strong and willpower and self-control and I'm going to do the right thing. And the Bible says that's also relying on the flesh. We've got to rely on the spirit. We've got to say, God, it's you. It's all you. I rely on your power, your love. I look at the spirit and what your word says about my spirit to get the facts about who I am, what is real, what is true, but also the energy, the peace, the life that I need. And God's Spirit is working all the time, making you want to do His will. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, Friends, set your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, the whole of the, the middle of you, the whole of your heart on the Spirit, and you will find victory and peace. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.